of all that, is there much room for contemplating bigger things? The meaning of it all, faith in a supreme being, values, spirituality. I asked four young people, all of whom have had some interest in religion, but who've also moved to the margins in some way of their parents' traditions and views. They are Raquel Hassofer, Rebecca McAuliffe, Tim Lee, and Keith Romanus. And we first hear them in that order. I started by asking what the term religion means to them, beginning with Raquel. I think to me, religion um, kind of brings images of um, institutional religion rather than general spirituality. And um, I think people need to make a very big distinction between spirituality as a whole and institutional religion. Tim? Yeah, I have to agree with Raquel that really, yeah, when I think of religion as such, it is very much Christianity for me because that's where I've been brought up. But yeah, organisation, basically. Rebecca, do you have the same feelings? Yeah, I would have to say that I I agree very strongly with Raquel that you really do need to make a distinction between the institutionalised religion and religion as people experience on a personal level. And when someone says to me, are you religious? I think of things like going to church. And I don't go to church, really. I do when I go and visit my parents because my dad's a pastor. But, um, yeah, doesn't mean I don't spend a lot of time thinking about my spirituality and my personal relationship with God or what I perceive to be God. Mm. I get brought up as an Anglican, as, as I was, and then you look at other religions and religion to me is is huge it's all the different organizations it's all the different groups it's all where it starts from but i think the right religion isn't faith um mm. faith is something and other people call it spirituality and stuff but faith is is different faith is different from going to church every sunday faith is is personal whereas religion is is community based how do you feel then about developing faith can you develop faith uh, outside of the religious institutions? I don't think faith and spirituality are the same things at all. Um, I think that I'm fairly in touch with, well, some sort of spirituality, maybe my own spirituality, but I don't have faith at all. No. Um, to me, faith is a belief in a certain belief, or, you know, a god, a or some sort of institutional religious belief, whereas spirituality on the whole, it could be anything. I agree with Raquel there. Um, I would say that my faith is constantly changing, so I think faith is definitely tending towards the cultural side, but through all that, there are some things that I just know, and it's a gut feeling, it's something that I feel not that I know, and I think that's what spirituality is, like I know there's a creator, and I know there's um, this thing that human beings have between them, which I think surpasses death, like death is no obstacle to what we feel, so I tend to believe in an afterlife and things like that as well. Where do you think you get those ideas from, of the transcendent, of the other world? Tim, do you have any ideas on that? I don't put much stock in the supernatural or, I mean, not the supernatural, but God, basically. But I think that nature, and I mean, not to sound too hippie, but nature and that sort of thing, the things that make you want to sort of recognise the beauty or whatever of, of everything that's around us, is very important and that I mean that may be where spirituality comes from but I don't think yeah spirituality I'm not sure I don't know where it comes from but for me going out and seeing nature and seeing what the Creator has done makes my faith stronger I look and I say this can't be a mistake 
I don't have any kind of belief in God as one. Well, yeah, well, I mean, the difference. Yeah, okay. For me personally, I think that's the thing that's so important about things like faith and spirituality and, and even religion in that sort of broader context that we put it in, that it's personal. Um, we've each kind of sort of said what we think, basically. But um, for me, my faith involves all things like nature. And for me, I can develop my faith, and I think other people can develop theirs, and I think they can also develop their spirituality through just living and experiencing and going out and seeing and doing, and whether they believe it was put there by a creator or by a supreme force of good or just because it's there and it's wonderful and therefore we can become spiritual, um, it, it's there to be developed. Um, faith is not stagnant and spirituality is not stagnant. I, I wonder if you're talking about something like a natural religion. Is, is, is that what you're talking about, something that emerges in the human experience? Yeah. Um I've been brought up in a Christian household like Tim. Uh, my dad is actually now, he's a chaplain in the army. But um, I always had doubts. I can remember being five years old and doubting this religion, this this whole church thing. And it wasn't until I was about 19, um, which I consider to be quite old, I really started to feel spirituality and religion rather than know it in a biblical and academic kind of sense. I, I think it's basically... Um, yeah, now when I see things, beautiful things like babies or like nature or the Blue Mountains where I live, you know, it inspires me every day. I never get sick of seeing those kinds of things. And when I see them, I feel a gratitude, which is totally, comes from totally, you know, not from me because I'm not really that gracious that I feel gratitude all the time. So it's definitely, it's just a feeling that I have no control over and it hasn't started until, I guess, I started to think about it for myself and really started to question, who am I, what is spirituality, what is God? Why is it important for you? I mean, why didn't you, for example, walk away from the tradition entirely that your parents had? Or do, do you still think of yourself as a Christian? That is such a hard question. Um, is it I, important to you to be considered a Christian? No. Um, I basically feel that if a person wants a personal relationship with God, they're going to find a way, and I think God has enabled everyone to find a way to have a personal relationship with him. I don't think he would have made one religion and made that the right one. I think everyone in the world can have a personal relationship with God, whatever religion that is through. How do you all feel about claims of the supreme truth, the one unique supreme truth that uh, transcends, indeed supersedes, other traditions? There's lots of them. <laughs> Everybody thinks that they've got the one. And I mean, I think that we need to look at it as, I, mean, I look at it as there being lots of truths and lots of truths for everybody. Um, my truth is based in Anglicanism and is refined by what I experience and what I do and what I feel um, and who I know and who I interact with. But um, that's just mine. And I, and I truly believe that everybody else can find that without going through exactly the same path. Anyone else? I think that's the reason why I'm no longer religious. I was brought up in a very religious um, Hasidic Jewish home. And the whole idea that, that any one person can know the truth about spirituality or God or anything else was a major, major turn-off for me of institutional religion. Um, I think it's something that's so beyond human knowledge. And just the claim that anyone can know anything about it, it it's just too enormous. It can't be true. How does one then go about with any kind of certainty, any kind of organization to one's life. For example, in the realm of values, how connected do you people see values with religion or spirituality? 
I think just through history, I mean, the Christian church has created our morals and values. That's something that I see is now part of me. I mean, it's, I don't think, I don't connect my morals with Christianity in terms of I am a Christian if I think this way. It's just something that I am and I don't really feel that I can help that. I separate my values from my spirituality or whatever you, I mean, I was brought up in an extremely anti-religious household. My mother pulled, ripped me out of Sunday school when I wanted to do it with the other kids sort of thing. My mother was always extremely anti-religious. So I think values are just a societal thing. And since our society happens to be Christian, it is linked into religion that way. But yeah, my spirituality, I've come to it philosophically more than anything else. It's come through sort of study philosophical study, etc., metaphysical questions more than anything, and it's become more of a don't ask questions philosophy than a spirituality. How about the rest of you? I mean, uh, can you separate values from your spirituality? Mm, that's a hard one. Yeah. Um, I don't I, think so. Um, but I know this is something that uh, my sister always says to me. She actually always comes to me and says, how can you have values and how can you have any morals if you don't believe in God? All values and morals are connected with the belief in God. And I say to her, no, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in religion. And yet I do have morals and values. And I probably did get them from religion. I mean, I think that world morals and values come from basic Jewish or Christian um, or monotheistic um, morals and values, biblical values, and I adhere to those values. I think they're good values, despite the fact that I don't believe that the Bible is divine. Well, then, what happens in a world that, as we live in now, which is multi-religious? We've got lots of religious groups all around. They might have different values. Indeed, they might uh, change the complexion of society. Excellent. How, how, okay. <laughs> Excellent. I mean... I mean, uh, yes, I would say that my morals and values are very much based in my Christian tradition and, and the Christian tradition that surrounds me, but also now more in the tradition of traditions of others. And we need to think about those traditions. I mean, we're horrified by what's happening in Afghanistan at the moment, or just recently happened in, in Afghanistan. But we need to also look to the origins of those rules and laws that they're, they're do it using to such a, a horrific extent. We need to look at why they were originally there and then bring them into the 20th century, bring them into the now, and look at them, and then adapt them for what we need to use. And it's the same with the Christian values that we've got. That's a real ideal world, you know, having religions adapt to oh. something that's more harmonious with every other All religion. is ideal. <laughs> I don't think, I, right. I don't have that much faith in humanity. I don't believe <laughs> there's going to be world peace, and I don't believe that's going to happen. But I think that each society has different morals and values, and no one's going to understand anyone. There's never going to be peace. It's yeah. everybody's responsibility to, to look at it and to think. And if we're all doing the very best we can, then even if we don't achieve these sort of ultimate goals of things like world peace and world understanding, then hopefully we can just think and use it in our own lives. And if that affects nobody but us, that's great. And if it affects lots and lots of people, that's great too. I think there's little networks of people all over the world. You're just looking after your own family and friends. I mean, in that way, everyone's going to be covered by a general sense of goodwill. But, you know... I guess not because there's homeless people and, and loneliness among the age persists and all that kind of thing. But um, I was, I was going to say something earlier about the values thing and how it's linked to religion. And I just sort of, um, I, 
when I was younger, I was sort of brought up amongst the Bible and everything. So I still have a great respect for the Bible. I think it's a wonderful piece of philosophy altogether. And there's some really interesting case studies of really screwed up people and how they make big mistakes. And I think that's where it's re relevant to me is that, like David, for example, made some really terrible mistakes. And I just look at that and I think it's okay to make mistakes. And in the end, it's really important that you learn to take responsibility for what you do. And I think that's where my values come from, is other people are really important. I try I try <laughs> to always keep other people in mind. Mm. And whether or not that's a purely Christian principle, like do unto your neighbour as you would have done unto yourself, I don't think that's... I think there are other religions, definitely, that have that similar philosophy. And I think that's, that's my idea of values. I think that's the utmost value. Well, Rebecca, you've just described the Bible as, as actually being instructive for the 90s, perhaps unexpectedly so. Do you think there's much hope for the Bible and religious texts generally for the future? I mean, we were talking about spirituality and kind of a self-made spirituality, one that's a bit more free-flowing, perhaps not so constrained by traditions. Do other young people, for example, who you know, recognize that perhaps in the Bible there are instructive things? Uh, yes. <laughs> I think there's yeah, there's definitely a huge place for um, the Bible and um, institutional religion in the future. I think it's fantastic psychologically. I think people need it. I know that I study religious studies and I was doing a lot of work on the Pentecostals this year and I found that they, they have a huge, huge um, population of youth and they're really happy with it. They enjoy it. It gives them morals and values like we were talking about before. And I think it's it's really beneficial. It doesn't work for me personally, but it works for billions of people out there, and I think it's fantastic. I think Shakespeare works just as well for some people as mm -hmm. what religion. I mean, Shakespeare says some wonderful things, like um, the best way to um, live a long life is to steal hours from the night with friends. I mean, that's a wonderful way to live your life. And but people don't. Yeah, it could be hanging around like clubs yeah. all, all night. Oh well, it's sort of any, like a bad thing. Any religious text, I think you can gain something from. I mean, it's in, in the reading, not in the text. So yeah. th I mean, the Bible is extremely valuable for me as a secular individual. And as is the Tao Te Ching, as is the Quran, not that I've ever read at any <laughs> length any of these texts, but I have, I have been given little snippets from them and I always find them. They work very well on many, on the conscious level and the subconscious level. And, you know, I think, yes, it's, I mean, how can sort of, 4,000 years of usage be wrong. Okay, you four of you sound like perfect products of the age of religious tolerance, but are you prepared to be critical of other traditions? Are you prepared to, to say, hey, you know, those morals aren't right, those values aren't right, that behavior isn't constructive, in fact, it's destructive. Are you uh, empowered uh, to say those things? Oh, yes. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely say I think that uh, female genital mutilation is wrong. Oh, yes, and a lot of the extreme cases of Islamic treatment of women is wrong. A lot of what is happening to African women is wrong. Um, but is that spiritual or cultural? Indeed, indeed, that's the problem that we're dealing with. And I also think that what I was saying before about looking back at the origins of the religion, we look at things like polygamy, which it's really hard for me to say is wrong because I look back at what I think the original reason for it was and that was for the benefit of women to look after them because Islamic societies was a warlike societies where there weren't many men and women were supposed to have been looked after by men 
it's a case by case scenario and it's yes I'm empowered to to condemn anything I think is wrong but I don't want to do it out of hand because I object to people condemning me out of hand so why would I condemn someone else out of hand mm. in a way um, when I was religious I wish people would have condemned a lot of things that um, I was that I was told to do or you know the kind of way that I was brought up in I wish people would have condemned it and put a stop to it but they didn't at the very maybe least, we need to do that for other people at the very least challenged I mean condemned is a very very strong word but just challenge and, and talk about it. I mean had a fabulous discussion with my brother who differs from me somewhat but that's good because if we both think and learn then we know more about ourselves mm. it seems like all of you do think about spirituality and religion in one way or another and perhaps even explore it and experience it but a lot of young people would say look all that stuff's very interesting but I've got pressures of a career I have to pay a mortgage at some point and have to say for it there's no time for it are they right I mean no time not to I don't think um, religion's time-consuming yeah but I think it's definitely a psychological thing different people are attracted to um, spirituality and and need to have a, a more spiritual life and other people don't need it at all yeah and whether or not they need it or whether they not they know they need it um, having it is just fabulous I don't think not having it would be very helpful Rebecca how do you find time for contemplating these issues uh, commuting basically <laughs> the modern lifestyle I mean it demands that I commute for you know an hour and a half every day to work and I pass by beautiful scenery and things like that but basically just in my relationship I think as well with the people that I know I, I always sort of think to myself when I have when I find myself come across a really good friend or you know I think of my parents the lovely life I've had uh, my beautiful sister and her even more beautiful nephew I think how is it that I'm so lucky that I know these people and know them on such a deep level? How, how am I so fortunate? And I think that's, in a way, that's my religion, my family and my friends. Is the concept of healing the world important to you? I think God will look after the world and we need to look after our local environment. And by that I don't mean sort of the local creek. I mean the local creek and the local people and everything that I impinge upon hopefully I can make better but um, I really think God's looking after the world. I think the key to healing the world if you want to put it that way would be to turn yourself outwards and to make yourself vulnerable rather than you know protecting your little bit your little stack your little life and your time or whatever I think the, the key to healing the world and to being uh, maybe not a spiritual person but to being happy I think you've got to make yourself vulnerable to pain and to learning and to healing yourself you know that kind of thing absolutely i think ideally um a really good person would yeah they'd be very concerned with that they'd be going out and helping people all around the world and you know saving the environment and everything and you know we're probably here to do that but on the i'm not a very good person according <laughs> to that um on the other hand i i think it's really wrong to think that um God, just God is taking care of the world and we don't have to do anything. I think that's very bad. I've seen bad things come of that. Um, I think we each have to do as much as we can and that's about it. Thank you all very much for being on The Spirit of Things. Raquel, Tim, Rebecca, Keith. Thank, Thank you, you, Rachel. Thanks. Thank you very much. Some impressive thinking there on Matters Spiritual by Keith Romanus, Rebecca McAuliffe, Tim Lee and Raquel Hassover in Sydney.